Hello, today I am coming at you with something a little bit different. I'm going to read to you and I'm going to read my article that I recently had published in the Western A. Price Journal called Wise Traditions and it's about something very close to my heart that I know a lot of listeners love and that is oats, specifically British oats. The article is titled So Much More Than Scottish Porridge, The Rich Culinary History of British Oats. When you think about oats, does your mind automatically conjure up a bowl of breakfast porridge? If yes, I'm not surprised. Oats are so synonymous with the famous Scottish dish that you'd be forgiven for thinking that the porridge pot is where oats start and finish. Historically, however, the oat grain has sustained much more of the United Kingdom's population than just the Scots. From the earliest times up to 70 years ago, oats were the staple, if not only, cereal grain available to large parts of the UK, including central and northern England, Wales and Ireland. And as I have learnt, the creativity of these peoples, when faced with only one cereal choice, elevated the humble oat grain into so much more than a bowl of porridge. Oats, a traditional supply chain. The oat grain, so suited to the UK's northern and exposed geography, traditionally was grown close to home. The harvest was carefully kiln-dried and then sent to the local stone mill, where, with a wide setting, the husk was crushed from the kernel and winnowed away. Next, the miller put the oats through the mill again at a slightly narrower setting. Winnowing for a second time produced some clean grits to lay aside. The remaining grains were run through the stones a third time to get oatmeal. The grits, oatmeal and, as we shall see, even the husks were then employed in the kitchen. The big brand instant oats we see on our store shelves today are a poor cousin of this ancestral grain. With consciousness of the incredible nutrient density of oats, I buy them as fresh and unprocessed as I can. Whole oat groats can be rolled at home with the help of an inexpensive flaker. This will preserve more nutrient value and also result in tastier grains than processed and packaged store-bought oats. Porridge. Porridge is one of Scotland's most famous exports. As F. Marion McNeil wrote in the book The Scots Kitchen, quote, Oats are the flower of our Scottish soil, and through that magic cauldron, the porridge pot, Scottish oatmeal has been transmuted through centuries into Scottish brains and brawn. Few know the traditional way porridge was made and eaten, however, so let's start by diving, so to speak, into the porridge pot. The Scots prepared their porridge with salted water, stirring it with a spurtle, a wooden rod. The spurtle's advantage over the wooden spoon was that it dragged less, meaning the resulting porridge was smoother. Once cooked, the porridge was served hot with a bowl of cold milk or sometimes cream on the side. By dipping each spoonful of the oatmeal into the milk, rather than pouring the milk over the whole dish, the oats stayed hot longer. In addition, the Scots traditionally stood whilst eating porridge, 
Some say that was to honour the beloved oat grain, others that it was to be prepared for enemies. If you want to make authentic Scottish porridge, add two thirds of a teaspoon of salt to two large cups of water and bring it to the boil. While stirring this with a spoon or your spurtle in your right hand, slowly sprinkle in one cup of coarsely milled or rolled oats using your left hand. Each of those oats must get sealed when it hits the hot water. Keep going until all the oatmeal is in, but don't sprinkle so fast that you stop that water from boiling. Then stir vigorously for a few minutes, put the lid on the pot, turn the heat to medium low, and leave it for 20 minutes, stirring occasionally. Preparing it this way should leave you with a dish of individual still chewy oats that don't cling to the spoon or the bowl, which was the epitome of porridge to a Scot. Although this method of making porridge doesn't include pre-soaking the oats, British households would often have soaked oats in a bowl of water overnight. In the morning, the oat mixture was worked through a fine sieve and then boiled with milk to create a gruel, which, salted and sweetened, was particularly indicated for the sick and also for nursing mothers. I personally love to ferment my oats before cooking. Stirring in a generous spoonful of sourdough starter into a bowl of oats and water and leaving this out on the counter overnight before cooking well in the morning. Although the Scots didn't do this pre-fermentation, they did a post-fermentation by pouring their still warm porridge into a kitchen drawer after cooking. This stash would then provide food for days afterwards. As the porridge drawers repeatedly used for this process were wooden, it's likely that lactic acid bacteria accumulated in the wood contributed to a robust post-cooking fermentation. Oat cakes around the British Isles. Arguably a more popular use for oats than porridge around the UK were oat cakes, a staple in Scottish, Welsh and Irish households. These were dry, transportable, wafer-like discs baked once a week on an open fire using a heavy bake stone. Oats are not easy to coax into a dough as their protein, avanin, does not have the strength of wheat's gluten. Because of this, the process needed skill. The method of making these becoming lodged in the muscle memory of housewives. Fat, which would have been bacon dripping or butter, could be used to help bring together the dough, but the most skilled makers didn't need this aid and would form the lean oaty discs with incredible deftness. You can have a go at oatcakes in your own kitchen by following my directions and I will link to a recipe in the show notes of this particular podcast. They are wonderful warm and usually get eaten straight away in my home. They will also keep for a few days but will become softer. Originally to help them last longer after cooking they would have been further dried by the fire until they were really crisp. Besides being eaten alone or with meals, there were other creative and popular ways of using oatcakes. For example, people often crushed and mixed them with liquids. 
in Scotland, the addition of stock made brewis, and the addition of only water made brows. And in Wales, the addition of buttermilk or whey made slot. A wild fermented oat pancake. There's another oat cake that's important to British food history, which I love to make in my kitchen. It hails from Staffordshire, where in the 1700s, it helped fuel the local pottery industry workers. Staffordshire is the land of the famous pottery maker Wedgwood. Originally, women had cottage industries selling the oat cakes from their kitchen windows. This Staffordshire oat cake is still popular. So these days, dedicated shops open their doors at five o'clock in the morning to feed local workers. The Staffordshire oatcake is much more like a pancake than the Scottish one. They're made by frying an oat batter. Until the 1800s, households placed the batter in a wooden barrel dedicated to oatcake fermentation. In this way, the batter became infused with old microbes, lending a wild ferment to the process. I make these oatcakes at home with oats ground into a coarse flour. I ferment them with sourdough discard, though it could be done with any live starter. I fry thin layers of batter in lard. The resulting pancake is soft and rollable, but has a crisp, lacy edge. Traditionally served at breakfast with bacon, eggs, cheese and mushrooms, they are a hearty and tasty way to start the day. I'll also link to a recipe for those pancakes for you as well in the show notes. There are many more creative methods to make fermented pancakes using oats. You could soak oats overnight, as European traditions often have, in buttermilk, and then add eggs, melted butter and raisins to the batter in the morning before frying up in the same way. More fermentation. Oats are particularly low in phytase, the enzyme that neutralises phytic acid. Fermentation helps render them more digestible. And it seems our ancestors who relied on the cereal grain to live knew this, because the Staffordshire oatcake is not the only example of the fermentation of oats. The Scots created a lacto-fermented oat product that gave them both an easy-to-digest porridge called suens and a probiotic drink called swats. They traditionally ate suens on Christmas Eve, which the Scots called suens nicked, suens night. I've been making suens and swats in my own kitchen regularly for over two years, and I love them. The suens porridge is creamy and tangy, and the swats drink is not only refreshing cold, but also makes a hearty beverage when warmed with spices. And incredibly, the Scots made these delicious oat products from waste. After sending their oats to the mill, they would receive two sacks back. One with the ground oats and the other with the holes that had been winnowed from the grain during the milling process. These holes, as well as being coated in microbes, perfect for initiating fermentation, would have had tiny pieces of the white, carbohydrate-rich endosperm of the oat grain clinging to them, which is a perfect mix for a ferment. To make suens and swats, the hulls were mixed with water and left to wild ferment, i.e. without a starter, before being strained. 
The white powder that settled on the bottom was used for an easy to digest porridge and the soaking liquid became the swats. This method of oat fermentation wasn't unique to Scotland. The Irish did the same thing. There it was called cafraith. Apologies for my, I don't know my Irish very well, so I might have pronounced that wrong. In Wales, the dish, which was fermented with buttermilk, was called both chumri and suchan. Here, instead of becoming a porridge, the fermented oat mix was cooked and then poured into wetted moulds where it set beautifully into a cold jelly. And that dish was later taken up by the English, who added spices and sweeteners and called it flummery. But originally, it was just simply oats and water. Other ways of using oats. As you've now seen, oats were vital to a large portion of the UK's population, being the central carbohydrate available. As well as oat-only dishes, oats were also the backbone of many more varied dishes. Most of us have heard of the traditional Scottish haggis, which is made by stuffing a sheep's stomach with offal, suet, oats, onions and spices. As well as in haggis, the oat grain was often used in sausages. Toasted oatmeal was mixed with lard and dried herbs before being boiled in sausage skins. Due to the prevalence of the stove over the enclosed oven, sweet and savoury puddings, which steam cooked all in one dishes, were a staple. These were often as simple as oats and broth steamed together, perhaps with a few chopped onions added. More complicated versions could be black with blood and or meat or white with spices, dried fruit and shredded suet or even eggs and cream. Oats were also often cooked with the ubiquitous ale, unhopped local beer, which if you listen to our episode on beer, you will know more about. And that made a cordial, a warming, filling drink given to the sick or to travellers on completion of a long journey. Oats, the true and worthy friend. Crispy griddle cakes, rollable pancakes, fermented drinks and jellies, sausages and puddings that could grace an everyday or celebratory table. Yes, oats were vital to the Scottish, but they have also been much more than porridge to many people throughout the British Isles. You can see why in 1615, Markham, in the book The English Housewife, declaimed, quote, no housekeeper whatsoever hath so true and worthy a friend as his oats. Recreating these dishes in my own kitchen has helped me connect to my British ancestors. In addition, it has given my whole family the benefit of this delicious and nutritious grain in many more ways than just from the porridge pot. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Do head over to the show notes where you can find links to the recipes that I talk about. In addition, if you fancy having a go at the delicious Scottish suans and swaps and getting some porridge and your probiotic drink, you can also find a link in the show notes, which automatically has a 10% discount applied, which will take you to the course so you can have a look at it and maybe have a go.